Hey guys, it's Rachel, and you're listening to the Let's Talk Avatar podcast. This is a teen-rated podcast, so listener discretion is advised. As a warning, this podcast contains spoilers for The Legend of Korra. Today we're going to be talking about episode 5, I believe. Yes. Yes, Enemy at the Gates. Which, when I saw the icon on Netflix for this one, I was like... Already better than the last episode. Okay, so I'm watching it on the Blu-rays. Oh, yeah. What's the icon on Netflix? It's just, uh, I think it's Varric and Julie. Oh, so okay. So you're like, okay, at least the kids aren't in it. You know? But then you watch the episode. <laughs> um, do, you, do you have any comments you'd like to start off with? Um, yeah, this episode was better than the previous episode. Agreed. Um... As we went on and on about in the whole episode, previous episode of this podcast was about, kids do not make for good entertainment. <laughs> Specifically when they're written that way, it doesn't make for good entertainment. Yeah. It's obvious, it feels like it's written by an adult who's trying to write funny kids from yeah. an adult perspective, not really from... A thousand percent yeah. agree with that. So it's already better. And it, it feels like the plot's moving again. Not that the last episode was filler, but like we talked about, the only part that was actually essential to the story took all of five minutes yeah but everything that happens in this episode is important exactly it's leading to something exactly you know what's funny about this episode is you know you see julie throughout the entire series with Varric from season two on but she never really says much you don't really know about her and so i made a comment earlier in the episode and i was like why do i like julie so much like i really don't she's not she doesn't tell anything and then later, at the end of the episode, I was like, oh, now I remember. It's because we don't really get to know her till season four. But I totally spaced that because I thought there was stuff that happened in between. But nope, she's just kind of a plot device. Sort of yeah, a, she is. They're for comedy purposes. Yeah. Then she, But of course, can't spoil anything for future episodes. We're talking about episode five, so. Go. I know, it's really hard. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, let's see what all happened. It was the first appearance of the dubstep canon. Dubstep. <laughs> Actually, so this is one thing. Um, I really like that this episode had some action in it because if there's one thing that the Avatar franchise does really good, it's action, especially from an animation standpoint. I love cartoons. Wherever it comes from in the world, animation is awesome. But it seems like the fight choreography and the actual technical aspect of the animation for Korra is the best I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. And finally, we get to see that in this episode. Yeah. And I'm also a really big fan of the cyberpunk type thing or steampunk type thing. Yeah. But I don't, this is the, my one complaint about it, I don't like it with the mechs. Yeah. It just doesn't fit. Like, I loved, everyone was all mad. I remember when the first season came out, they were mad that there was cars and stuff like that. I thought that was cool. I love that aesthetic, that like 1920s type aesthetic. But then with the mechs... It's not even from, I'm not going to make a complaint that, oh, well, logic says that they wouldn't have mechs already. It's fictional. No one cares about logic. But the annoying thing is it just doesn't seem to fit. And it kind of ruins the fight scene. Like, as soon as Bolin got knocked out of the mech and he was doing just regular old bending, I was like, oh, thank God. Yeah, I felt the same way. It's just, they're too bulky. It's too annoying. And it's, I just, I felt like it could have been, they could have taken it out and no one really would have cared. Yeah, you just, know, they could have found a better way. I think the mechs, just like you said, they're bulky. Yeah. They would have found a different way to use technology, maybe smaller amounts. Like, 
a good example is like Full Metal Alchemist and their auto mail. Yeah. Something like that would have been, I think, more fitting than the mechs. Yeah, I agree. I was not a fan of it. Me either. <laughs> I wrote down, the ships look like alien heads because when you first see the <laughs> ships fly in, I was like, why does that look familiar? And I was staring, I'm like, it looks like an alien head. It totally does. It really does. Yep. Yep, that's true. Speaking of things that look alike, Asami's dad looks like the famous anime director, Miyazaki. I'd have to see a picture yeah, of him. Yeah, Google it sometime. I and will, put them I side will. by side. It, I swear to God, <laughs> they saw a picture of him, and they were like, that's Asami's dad. For some reason, you know what it is? Is he used to be so thick. Which, I mean, he's been in prison. He probably has time to lose weight, work out, whatever. But I'm like... I just remember him being, like, a bigger dude, and now you see him, and he's, like, really scrawny. And I was like, why does he look different? But I think that's, he also has white hair. So. Yeah, the white hair is what makes him really look like Miyazaki. Like I said, Google <laughs> I'm going to have to. You're going to gonna have to. I do. You know, and that was the scene, the scenes with Asami and her dad, I think. Um, at first, I was kind of like, eh, is this really necessary? But I think it is because Asami's character is finally having some importance again because she kind of didn't in book two and three well in these first four episodes she's just kind of been like chilling doing her own thing same with mako like you see them real quick in the beginning and then like we get a whole episode of the airbending kids so speaking of mako when was the last time we saw him that's i was trying i was like watching it yesterday and i was like when was the last time i saw mako he's literally not in these last two episodes at all is throughout all of it yeah this is like the bolin show but everything else is just kind of like yeah, and Bolin, his character, when in the first season, I kind of got his character. I liked his character a lot. But I feel like by now, he's, you know, in this military-type organization. He's had quite a few years to grow up. But, it like, in that negotiation scene, uh, it was just kind of cringy a little bit. as disappointing. Like, that, that would have been a good opportunity to show that he had matured. He could still have that little goofiness to him, but mm. it felt so just, uh, like, I had secondhand embarrassment. <laughs> yeah watching it so there was really no purpose for him to be there it felt like because it was just it was literally just... kuvira and then suyan yelling at each other yeah exactly and the bolin's like no wait stop the and past then, is the past yeah and you're like okay get out of the way i'm surprised <laughs> kuvira didn't like punch him and be like just shut up um okay i cannot what's his is it batar jr suyan's son batar jr okay his voice actor is that todd Habercorn? I have no idea, but... I don't like it. I don't like it either. I, I was like, going to ask you, what is your opinion on his character? Because you meet him, like, very, uh, what, in season three. We yeah, see him very when we briefly. Meet, when we meet all of them. Mm-hmm. But this is an episode, obviously, he's with Kavira. We get to see all of it, or see him a lot more. But I was sitting there watching him, and I'm like, he just annoys me so much. He he's annoys so, me. I... I was thinking back on the season before I started it because I have very strong opinions about Kuvira as a character that I can't talk about, unfortunately, until we get further on and how they handled her character. And Batar Jr. is a part of that discourse. But I, the only thing, what really bothered me was his voice. And if, if it sounds like Todd Hapricorn. And if it's Todd Hapricorn, that's nothing against Todd Hapricorn at all. Like, I love him as a voice actor, but it does not fit who he is it doesn't fit what he looks like doesn't fit how he acts and so i get taken out of the show every time he talks because i'm like oh that's right i'm watching a cartoon it's the one voice in this show that i complain about is his yeah well and then right next to him you have zelda williams voicing and it's like phenomenal Mm -hmm. i can't imagine anyone else voicing her and then he speaks and you're like what like what's going on now i just wanted to be like stop like shh Stop. 
Stop talking. Shh, don't talk. Just move on. <laughs> we don't. We don't need to hear from you. It's okay. Kubira can speak for all of them. It's it's fine. I think that one thing that I don't like about his character is we don't actually know who he is. We know who he is through the lens of his mom. Yeah. And we get this backstory of we're told this is the thing that that's been bothering me about this season. We're told things. We are told that I almost said Zelda Williams. Zelda Williams didn't. <laughs> Kuvira. <laughs> we are told that Kuvira manipulated him. Mm-hmm. We are told that Kuvira is a bad person. Batar Jr. is just kind of a lost kid. I don't. I don't like that because I tend to. I feel like I'm being manipulated as a viewer. Show me. Show me that he was manipulated because I don't believe it now. I think, oh well, her bias is getting in the way of the truth. You know. Yeah. Because she obviously doesn't like Kuvira at all. She's very upset with her, mm-hmm. and because Batar Jr. has picked Kuvira, you know, her mom's ob- her mom. His mom's obviously upset about it. But yeah, I can't stand his character because of that. Because we don't know who he is outside of Todd Haverkorn's voice and. And you his know, mom hating him. Come to think about it, talking about Kuvira and her character and manipulation and all that, its that's very true. Like, we're seeing it through the the lens of Suyin and that whole group of people. And the thing is, is when Suyin wouldn't step up to do what they wanted her to do, which, I mean, I get her perspective of it. Yeah. Kuvira wanted to. Obviously, she had something else in mind. We're watching that unfold. Mm-hmm. But she had a whole... She, she took the entire Zaofu people... They all went with her. Yeah. She obviously had influence. You don't just gain influence by being a... I mean, you can by being a bad person. But if they were just willing to follow her, she's not that bad of a person. Which yeah. means she didn't necessarily like... I We don't know what happens. But I, I can't see her manipulating these people. I feel like she genuinely made connections with the people that followed her. At least in the beginning. Not now. Obviously, she's <laughs> like... A tyrant ruling over the whole Earth Kingdom. But in the beginning, when when we first see her like take off in the ship and everything like that, and she's like, Well, I'm taking all these people with me. Like, how do we know that they I don't know, they, they like you said, they make it out to seem like she's brainwashed every single person she's been in contact with. Mm-hmm. Which now at this point, like with Bolin and other and like um Varric, she's really she's really good at manipulating them. But in the beginning, before I think she really got to this point, I can't see her that deep into the into manipula- <laughs> manipulation. <laughs> that is, um, I agree. And I think that's one of the pieces that's missing from her character and from her story. Because it's too heavy-handed. I think I complained about this in the last episode. You're going to hear me complain about a lot of the same stuff. Um, it's too heavy-handed how the writers approached her. To me, I, and we'll have to talk about this more as, again, it's it It's so hard not to. But yeah, yeah, but, you know, in the beginning, um, in the beginning with her, I definitely felt like the way, like you said, I don't think that she was always a bad person. I don't think she was always a tyrant. I think she went out to unify the Earth Kingdom and bring everybody together for the right reasons. Mm-hmm. I think she truly wanted to help her people, and that was the way to do it. Now she's at this point where it's almost like she sees the end goal and she's just going, she has to finish it. It's like her pride is on the line. So yeah, the manipulation thing now, it's not even really manipulation. It's, she's not manipulating Varric and Bolin. She's heavy handedly forcing them. They like, there's no like trickery going on here. Yeah, not at this point. Uh -uh. So, you know, the, it would, would have been really interesting to be able to actually see the rise and fall instead of it just where we are now where 
she's just a terrible person. It's just not, it's just, it reminds me of Ozai. Yeah. Like, they had, like, Ozai didn't have any redeeming qualities at all. He was terrible, and he was evil for the sake of evil. Kuvira, they had a chance to do Ozai right, and they just kind of, again, you don't, I don't need to be told by the characters. You just show me. So that's the frustrating part. And that goes back to Batar Jr. I just don't really know. <laughs> I just don't yeah. know. Yeah. Now he's just a whiny brat who I want to beat up. You know, he's obviously, and what that's, we'll get to, the further this, this season goes, the more we'll talk about yeah, it. Yeah. Because I have yeah. feelings about it's that. Hard, it's hard when you know what's coming and what's going to happen, yeah. not to get ahead of yourself, specifically in this season. Yep. Because Kuvira brings it out in us. Yeah. You know? <laughs> like, it's real. hard not to. For real. I literally wrote in here, I'm like, kids again, yay. Oh, God, the, as soon as Milo opened his mouth, you're not going to fight? I mean, oh. to be fair, to be fair, we do watch the show to see the Avatar kick You butt. want it. Like, yeah. We want that fight scene. But, but it also shows the maturity that Korra has, where she's like, no, I can reason with her. Finally, I was complaining about how her character resets at the end of every season. Well, finally, it didn't happen this time. <laughs> she's yeah. complete as a character, and she's trying to find the more mature, the Aang way, for lack of a better term. And Milo is just being obnoxious, and I hate it. My thing was he was like, well, why did we save you then? Like, you, you didn't. didn't save her. <laughs> you didn't do anything. Like, I wish you weren't even in that episode, <laughs> yeah. and she just saved her. I mean, she did save herself, but I would have rather watched her take the longest hike of her life throughout the swamp then you go and save her yeah you know absolutely so would have been better like, would have been 10 out of 10 yeah let's see oh so asami's character and and her with her dad i you know i really like the way that they write asami as a strong female character in that way you know like she's willing to take the steps necessary to protect herself and not be manipulated mm-hmm. you know and I really like that but I also like the fact that she's willing to forgive her dad and move forward and it's just she's just a solid character you yeah. know yeah and forgiveness is its own kind of strength too um oh yeah but it goes back to you know we're really lucky that in that first season and I'm sure everyone knows this famous trivia that um she was originally supposed to be a villain mm-hmm. and they decided that the last second no we like this character too much and that is such a cool moment in that first season when she, you know, turns on her dad is so awesome. She does the right thing. And then they kind of forgot about her character the last two seasons. And now that she's back, it's refreshing because she, you're right, she is a very well-written, strong character and not, she's not a strong female character in that she's awful. Like there's so many times people write, especially males, they write strong female characters and they're just bitchy. I don't know if I can say, can I say that on this podcast? Yeah. yeah okay. <laughs> I don't know what the rating is. This is PG thirteen. It's, okay. it's teen rated. Okay, teen rated. Um, they just write bitches. Yeah. And Asami is someone who is full of compassion and this inner strength and forgiveness and intelligence and everything, just everything, you know, without being you know, over the top. Yeah, without being a Mary Sue, I guess, for lack of a better term. So yeah, yeah. It's and it's so great to see her back in the show again. Yeah, I'm I'm happy. I you know, I felt like the first time I watched it through, I really didn't care for Asami's character. But watching it this time through, I've had more compassion for her. You know, I've really felt for her and been like, dang, Asami's really not a bad character. Why did I hate on her? Yeah, why did you? (laughs) That's the thing is when you watch shows over and over again, and the more you mature in life, you start to understand understand these underlining concepts that are there. Mm -hmm. And then you start to appreciate it because you're like, oh, well, 
now that I've gone through this part of my life, I can identify with this character and where they're at. So I feel like when I first watched it, I just wasn't mature enough, you know? And I'm sure when I watch it down You get the new road, perspective again. Yeah, exactly. That's the great thing about all these cartoons is no matter how old you are, you just keep watching them and you'll find something new every time. Especially this franchise, yeah. I... Yeah. I liked Asami's character at first. I think Asami in that first season, I was like, man, Asami's my favorite character. And then the second and third seasons happened and I was confused and didn't like anybody. And then (laughs) then this season came back, came around and I think we really do kind of see the maturity, except for Bolin. Aside from him, we really do see the maturity and growth of all these characters. Yeah. I think, you know, for me, you know me, I'm such a shipper. I'm always, and I wanted Mako and Korra to be together so bad, and then Asami comes in. And although Asami didn't do anything wrong, she didn't. I was just like, you're stopping them from getting together. So I didn't like her. That's what I'm talking about. Immaturity at that age, I was like, no, How old I want were you. Ma- you were still I, pretty young. I, I was like 19, maybe? You were like their age. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, right? Good. 19, 20, that early 20s. Yeah. You know, you're still, that's the thing is the older you get, you think at that age, like at 20, 21, you're, like, you're so ma- mature. You're like, oh, I've grown up so much. Like, and then you turn, kidding. then you turn like 24, then 26. And then it just starts going up and you're like, oh, wait, no, that's just cringy to think that I had really grown up at that point. It's like yeah. when you turn 18, you're like, I'm an adult now. Yeah, you're still a child. Exactly. That's, that's what it is. <laughs> I wrote, the mole is so fitting for Kruvira. Her little mole. Oh, it is, though. I just I can't imagine her without it. And it's such a weird, like, to put a mole on a character, it's just a random thing. It's but just it one extra her. thing that the animators have to worry about every time. <laughs> yeah. But it fits her so well. It does. And I think it goes to show how little things in character designs like that somehow add depth. Like, it sounds so weird, but... If she didn't have that mole, she just wouldn't be Kavira. She just wouldn't. <laughs> That's why I felt like she just wouldn't be as hard as she is. She, yeah, exactly. Like that like, mole. Yeah, it contains all the power she <laughs> she has. <laughs> People start putting moles under their oh eyes. My God. So like, <laughs> I now hold all of the power. Oh my God. There's just little things like that I notice in, in these shows. Yeah. I'm very detail-oriented. Batar's Jr.'s haircut is terrible, and oh he should feel bad. Oh, my gosh. Batar Jr., just, like, go away. Um, It's... Oh, I want to say something so bad about Kavir, but like you said, I don't want to spoil it for future episodes, because we will... At the end of the season, I know we're going to have, like, an hour-long oh episode yeah, of just going on. I have so much to on. say. <laughs> but in this point, like, where you're talking about her being very, like, aggressive with Bolin and Varric. And that's the thing, like, right now, she's such an aggressive person. Mm-hmm. And what, I mean, she's not killing people, but she's definitely getting there. You know what I mean? And so it's just crazy to see her, see where she's at right now. Mm-hmm. And then later we'll talk about her character. <laughs> but you know it's coming. And so you, you see this character and you're like, dang. And the, the thing that's different about Kuvira compared compared to all the other villains is I mean Zaheer was obviously they're all fighting for what they believe is right I get that but Zaheer was more like a spiritual experience and then Unavatu was just literal like don't even demon type thing that possessive (laughs) I don't even know how to describe it (laughs) It's its own little thing, you know? 
when you're having to go reach your cosmic self to defeat something like that's, that's just too much. You're doing too much. Beyond me. Beyond and above me. Yeah. And Amon, Amon was such a great villain for the first season, I felt, because it's like, oh, the very start of Korra, and you're like, oh, there's this real threat. But there's something about Kuvira that's, it's scary because we talked about it before because it's so realistic. Mm-hmm. I mean, Amon's realistic too, but the way Kuvira goes about things and the pridefulness and the anger she has is just like... If you you could see something like that happening right now in today's world. I mean, it it does, is yeah, it is happening. <laughs> it in, does in various places. Yeah, it's it's a constant in human history. But yeah, Kuvira. First of all, I like that Kuvira. We I think I said this last episode. I'm gonna have to go back and listen and see what I have to edit out on this episode. <laughs> Kuvira is it's just nice to have a great female villain. Yeah, you know. Um, I think that the big difference, if you go back and you look at the previous seasons of Korra. It's like, no, okay, not counting season two. Okay, like, don't take that out of <laughs> season it. Season two is its own thing. That's a whole other story. But I mean, you look at Amon, Zahir, and now Kuvira, the threat got a little bigger each time. Yeah. You know, Amon was, yeah, I get that like Amon was terrible and like was taking away people's bending and had a little bit of power, but compared to Kuvira, like, yeah, like, like the, a mayor of a small town, more or less, compared to... Hitler. Yeah. You know, like, there's yeah. a difference between how much power one has. You know, an entire army is at Kuvira's feet compared to what Amon had. And then with Sahir, yeah, it was very spiritual, and he had a lot of power, and he was doing a lot of things, but the average person was not going to get hurt by Zahir mm-hmm. compared to, like, Kuvira. You could just be minding your own freaking business. Kuvira's gonna come through with her freaking dubstep cannon and mecha tanks and take over your town. And yeah. suddenly, if, and if you don't agree with her, you're off to a concentration camp. Amon, if you're not in Republic City, he's not gonna mess with you. He and you have to be care. a bender anyway. Exactly. So you're fine. Yeah. Yeah, and Zahir, he just wanted to do what he wanted to do without hurting everyone. Yeah. You know? I mean, he was gonna hurt who he needed to, but yeah, I mean, he's he... not specifically going out of his way to harm anyone. Exactly. I found this. This is a little detail that I was like, what? So, obviously, Bolin and Beric escape because they're like, Kuvira's crazy. We've all realized it. Let's go. And then um, they escape in these mechs. Well, Batar Jr. found out that they escaped, so Chase is after them. Tell me why Bolin and Beric and Julie's mechs were like gray, normal vec- like mechs. And then all of a sudden, Batar Jr. and his crew are like Earth Kingdom style mechs i know they did it to make us realize like who's fighting who like they had to there couldn't be any other reason because but i'm thinking like what like you guys have different style mechs you take that much detail in this (laughs) that's all i can focus on during the fight why did they take the mechs that's what i want to know to to hide because you took the ones obviously everyone knew it was you because they're not the earth kingdom colored ones (laughs) like what the heck it would have been you would have gotten away if you would have just snuck away exactly instead of running off in these giant balloon can bend yeah dig a hole go underground exactly yeah now that i think about it that's a really good point (laughs) it is really funny to think though that they're like looking at all these mechs and they're like let's take the three that are colored differently exactly (laughs) they run off but you can totally that whole situation you knew exactly where to go like, how did he I, catch up? They're gone. They've been gone for, like, 30 minutes. And he's like, I'll get him. That's what I thought, so too. I'm like, there. dang, that escalated quickly. I didn't think they were going to find him. Yeah. I totally forgot that that's what happened, too. And I'm like, oh, yeah, they're going to escape. But I don't remember what happens here. And then Batar Jr. and their crew show up. And I'm like, 
well, first of all, why are you guys green and why are they gray? Like, are all your mechs the same color? Like, you guys take the time to color them different things? You're doing too much. Like, you guys are trying to take over the Earth Kingdom, not, like, play dress up with the mechs. You know what I mean? I need to go back and see now as they were, like, coming out of the ships and stuff. Whatever the, wherever yeah. the hell they came from, if they were different colors. And, well, and what color they were. Because maybe Batar Jr. and his little floozies have... Have, like, know, their own... Yeah. Like professional or like um like a line of leadership color yeah Yeah. that scene just bothered me like i said it was nice to see the action and the bending and stuff because that's why we watch this show but not bending in mechs the mechs thing is just it just wasn't as fun it wasn't as good i just didn't i get that it was a way for varic and julie to have some sort of like plot yeah like some they could do something and not rely on bolin but bolin's a lava bender like, he's obviously, like, even if you don't want to hurt somebody, you could have so easily taken them as out. You could, it would have been so easy to take them out. But no, instead, dorks around in a mech. Yeah. No. That's. <sighs> yeah. It's. <laughs> like you said, I want to see bending. Yeah. I want to see real fighting, not mechs. Exactly. And I mean, if I want to watch mechs fighting, I'll go watch a super robot anime. Like, yeah. I don't want to watch it in Exactly. Avatar. Exactly. Yeah. And. You know, Varric's character, I i mean, I don't mind him. He's that comedic relief, you know, and you get him and Bolin together and it's entertaining. But I also, I wrote, I'm like, I, I wrote, Varric is the entitled rich kid. Does he not act like he's like a 10-year-old kid who didn't get the toy he wanted, so he's going to throw a huge fit? Like, that's how he can't, that's his character. Like, that describes his character and it just, it gets annoying sometimes. So I'm like, okay, we get it. You're Varric. This is how you act. Yeah, I guess he's, I wonder if he's modeled after, um, what was the name of that inventor from, he's like a rich guy, what was his name in the early 20th century? What the hell was that guy's name? Tesla? No, not Tesla. Tesla died poor and destitute. It wasn't Tesla. I can't remember his name. As soon as I hear it, I'm going to be like, it's going to, it's going to be like, Two o'clock in the morning, I'm gonna wake up and be like, "You're gonna send it to the group chat." You're like, "I figured out who it was." Um, but yeah, he definitely is the like he's not stupid. No, like he's supposed to be obviously like the crazy genius. Yeah, Mm -hmm. you know he's so smart that he's insane in a way. But right, something that makes me want to care about him because I don't. Like you said, he's funny. He's important to the plot. You have moments where you're like, "Oh, that was a funny Varric moment." Yep. But for the most part, I'm like, oh my gosh, just stop. And it was like, when he first appeared, he was, it didn't seem like it was as obnoxious. Yeah. And then the writers realized that people liked it and it clicked with fans when he did stuff like, Zuli, do the thing. And it's like, oh my God, that's like my new favorite saying, you know? (laughs) So, you know, we liked him at first, but then the more he appeared and the more he became central to the plot, the more annoying he got. Mm -hmm. Like, balance it out. Give me, I I'm totally okay with a character being moderately boring for a couple of minutes so that when they're eccentric and funny, it feels yeah. natural and eccentric and funny instead of just constant 24 Yeah, we've talked about this before. When it's just joke after joke after joke after joke, it loses its humor because exactly. you just get annoyed at that point. And I feel like that's what they did with Varric. If we would have had moments where like we're seeing his brilliance and him do his thing, which we are... But he's constantly making jokes every time he's doing yeah, something. Exactly. Like, just take a break for a second and then say something funny. Yeah. Uh, that's all I have for this, though. That's, I mean, that's pretty much covered everything. I, we had, like, the same notes. You started talking, I'm like, okay, aside from Todd Hapricorn as Vitar Jr. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I like that we both wrote something down about Batar Jr. <laughs> um, and then, the, you know, uh, Sami's dad and the mechs and the actions and all that stuff. And yeah, so we pretty much said everything, all about the, all the same stuff, but yeah. Um, the more we get into this, the more we can reflect on characters. Right now, we're only five episodes in. Yeah. And we wasted an entire episode on the kids. Mm-hmm. So we're kind of limited, but yeah. Again, it's it's that's a great it's thing. a great season, great show, but it that's the thing about talking about one episode at a time too, is it's like you can only focus on this one episode and some episodes you could talk about for, for hours. Oh yeah. But then you have episodes like last episode where you want to spend five minutes and that's more than enough. That's too much. So <laughs> it just gets kinda of challenging. And then when because we've both already watched it. It's hard not to get ahead of ourselves because yeah, exactly. we know it's coming and it's like, oh, we just want to talk about this already, but we can't, so. Yeah, off podcast, we've talked about a lot of things Avatar for a lot of hours, yeah. so it's, yeah, there's a lot of, I think they do a good job leaving, in some aspects, they leave some stuff open to speculation in a way, um, and then just like I said, unfortunately with Kavira, they're busy telling us, there's a bunch of dialogue telling us what's going on and I think that's the only thing that bothers me about the writing in this season I can't remember if it was this way in previous seasons but for some reason it's really standing out this season it's just the amount of talking and I don't mind talking I live one of my favorite animes is Legend of the Galactic Heroes it's literally just people talking for 110 episodes but when you're telling me things instead of inferring it through people's actions I think that's when it gets a little annoying but on the bright side we had action this episode and it was great so (laughs) yeah yeah, I, I agree. I am just ready to get further into it. I'm excited to talk about further episodes. Yeah, because this episode really builds it up. Yeah. Like, if you take out the, again, the previous episode. <laughs> we cannot emphasize more how much we did not like episode four. Especially because the episode before was, like, so, like, heavy. I don't know yeah. how else to put it. Yeah. It just seemed so important and vital, and there was so much going on, and it felt like, oh my god, something huge is going to happen this season. And then that happened. And then now we're back in this episode where, again, it's like we're finally seeing, you know, again, it goes back to we're seeing Kuvira be the evil mastermind that they're making her out to be, finally, yeah. and do evil things. And Well, and then we got the preview of Korra with Kuvira. Yeah. And Korra, like you said, she really has matured because instead of wanting to fight her, she even says, that, I don't want to fight instantly. I want to try and reason. And... I mean, then when she tries to reason, Suyin and the twins are already trying to take out Kira's army. (laughs) That's the cool thing, though, is when it ends like that, it's that little, like, cliffhanger that's like, oh, what's going to happen next? And you know the next episode's going to have more action. So next week's episode will be a lot more entertaining, I feel like. Not that this one wasn't, but this one's still more, like, building up, like you said, the suspense to what's going to happen. Yep. And then once it gets going... Yeah, this season's fun. It's one of my Mm -hmm. favorite seasons, definitely. Yeah, I think season four is a lot of people's favorite. It's just fun. Like, in a lot of the themes and stuff, I mean, the themes for every season are relevant, but I think in the last couple years worldwide, the themes of Kuvira and uniting the Earth Kingdom and how she went about it and all that is just seems so relevant again. And I think that that's the reason why it's so easy to go back to it and and kind of enjoy it a little bit and it's just fun it's just fun like uh, you know dubstep cannons mechs <laughs> spirit vines spirit vines i yeah. like I, d- I do like how they focused a little bit on it you know they, they're bringing in these mechs and stuff but they didn't 
take away the spiritual element of it. Yeah. And they, instead they found a way to bring in, you know, the spirit vines are out there. And so they found a way to bring that into the technology in a new and exciting way. So mm-hmm. I do like that. But anyways, I'm just tired of mechs. I'm not a mech fan. You know, I, I like, I don't know, I guess this is part of the podcast. I, like I said, I like mechs. Like I love Gundam. Pat Labor is one of my favorite animes. I like Die Guard. Like I like that, but it makes sense in those stories. It makes sense. It doesn't. It doesn't make sense in in. If in I know going in that that's what it's going to be about, like this is a mech related show, it's different. Yeah. You know, it's like when you watch Transformers, you know it's going to be about. Yeah, I was going to say yeah, you fighting. can't say you don't like robots. You're a Transformers fan, <laughs> but you you know what I mean, like when you know what's what's coming, you're expecting it. You're like, okay, I'm all here for this. That's you're probably watching it because you like that stuff. But when you're watching this, especially Avatar for the bending aspect of it, because that honestly is the best part of Avatar. Absolutely. And then you just get mechs. It's lame. It's really it's lame. It's a letdown. Yeah, it is. You just feel like, what? Why? You have so many capabilities at your hand that don't have to involve the mech. I almost wonder if it was just... No, it wasn't. But, I mean, I wonder from an animation standpoint, it's easier with the mechs. That's what I was thinking, too. They can just cut and paste, you know? It doesn't... Except for when they decide to color them different (laughs) for some reason. Um, Because imagine doing this without the mechs. Although, I think it would have been cool. But at the same time, it's kind of the, like, you know, technology... You know, Kuvira has the the science and the technology on her side. Very World War II-esque Nazi Germany versus... Everyone else. <laughs> yeah, to say everyone else. <laughs> Versus the rest of the world. Um, but yeah, the mechs thing is just disappointing, I guess. I like that we have a, a specific thing from each episode. We're like, this is Kids what we didn't like. hate it. Mechs, mechs hate, hate it. it. <laughs> Tune in next week to see what we hate next. This is the Let's Hate Avatar podcast. Let's hate Avatar. Hey, I would give props to someone who created a podcast just dedicated to hating on a show. There's some shows I could do that for. Avatar's not oh, one of them. Yeah. I love Avatar too much, despite my... I, there, people tune in, they're like, man, I want Isaac back. He liked everything. <laughs> Isaac would have liked the mechs. No, I don't think Isaac... Isaac probably would have had the same opinion about yeah, the mechs. Yeah, it's, it's universal, I think. If yeah. you like the mechs, let us know. Yeah, let, let us, us know, know why. what you think about yeah. the mechs. <laughs> give us a different perspective. I think that's the main thing with Avatar is obviously, like I said, the more you mature or the the different stages of life that you're in, the different perspectives you have on this show. So it's always interesting to hear what other people have to say or their opinions on it because we obviously may not have ever thought about that or had that perspective. So let us know. If you like the mechs, let us know. Yeah, change my mind. If you like the kids, let us know. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) You're wrong, but let us know. Convince us why we're wrong. You won't, but try. (laughs) You can try. We'll give you an A for effort if you at least try. Thanks for listening to the Let's Talk Avatar podcast. You can find us on Instagram at Let's Talk Avatar and on Facebook at Non-Essential Media. We appreciate all your support and look forward to making more content for you.